This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. Here with me in the Short Coat Studio, high atop SCP Tower, are my glorious co-hosts. Say hello to Two Rivers, Wisconsin native M1 Brandon Bacalzo. Hello, everyone. Michael Gardeau of Bettendorf, Iowa, is here for the first time. Hey there, everybody. Born in Japan, former PA, current M1, Jessica DeHaan. <laughs> Howdy. joined in. And an M1 from Altoona, uh, Iowa, Cody West, is hey, here hey. for his co-hosting debut. First time. Uh, first of all, Michael, I want to thank you especially, because we dragged you in here at the last possible minute when... When another co-host decided she couldn't make it. Thank oh, yeah. you. Not a problem. It lets me not uh, work on anything for the rest of the afternoon. So I think I'll that's wise. You just had an exam. That is correct. Mm-hmm. What, uh, I mean, you know, what else do you have to do? So much. Get ready for the next exam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the thing is, uh, we were spoiled at the beginning of the year, and, and now we have uh, lectures for the next exam before this test. So we're, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. behind a few lectures there's, already. There's no, uh, the, 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 yeah, there's no separation. No rest for the concept. wicked. No, yeah. we get a technical like week off, which if you're not careful, you use to procrastinate for an yeah. entire week. Yeah. Watching Netflix has a different connotation now. It's watching <laughs> own lectures, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shortcuts, I want to let you know about an opportunity to get your uh, fiction, nonfiction, poetry published in our, our, a literary journal called the Examined Life Journal. Carver College Medicine is looking for writing about health and the human condition for issue eight, which is due out in October of this year. Uh, anyone can submit uh, your work to theexaminedlifejournal.com. Oh, and if you're a prospective Iowa medical student, uh, I and some co-hosts will be at our second look day on April 4th, so stop by our table and say hello if you're in the neighborhood. And on April 10th, I will be the keynote speaker at Iowa State University's first pre-health student conference. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a student there, and if they don't come to their senses, uh, I would love to uh, to introduce, love for you to introduce yourself. It's something I've never done, and I'd love to know that there are friends in the audience. Um, you know, I mean, I'm planning on deploying the the uh, whole everybody's naked trick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just so you know, when you're sitting in the audience and you listen, you know that I am imagining you naked. That, that sounds wrong, Dave. Oh, you don't think I should? Stuff you don't think I should, should <laughs> do you that? You don't let people know that, though. Oh, <laughs> it's implied. See, I told you I've never done this. Why didn't anybody tell me? You don't me? tell people I'm thinking of you naked right now. Oh. Mm-hmm. We're in the wrong era. Okay. For, yeah, that right now. <laughs> Damn it. Those kind of talks. Never mind. I'm not imagining you naked. <laughs> Here's a question, listener question from uh, Jordan from Texas. Uh, take it away, Jordan. I'm applying to medical school in this current cycle, and I have been lucky enough to already receive an acceptance. Woohoo! I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> I really liked the school when I went to interview, but they were not necessarily my top choice. My conundrum is that I've also interviewed at my dream school back in September, but I have yet to hear back, yes, no, or waitlist. 
I sent this school a letter of intent a few weeks ago, and I am still hoping every day to receive an acceptance phone call from them. My question, then, is how long should I wait before taking actionable steps toward treating the school I've already been accepted to as my future school? I know housing, scholarship apps, orientation plans, and meetups with the upcoming class will start to come soon, so I don't want to hold out hope too long about getting accepted to another school. Especially since it has been so long since I've interviewed. Thanks a ton. You guys always make my week when your podcast hits my feed. Well, that's a bit nice of you to say. <laughs> uh, any of you guys face this dilemma in your run-up to, uh, in your application cycles? In a roundabout way. Uh, for me, it was, it was more finding out about uh, financial aid because obviously the cost of attending medical schools is, is a large burden. So I, I was kind of conflicted um, between here and another institution up until the uh, April 31st deadline, I believe it is, April 30th deadline to uh, commit to a medical school. So I'm in a similar boat. April? Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that. I, I was under the impression that you had until summer to commit and there was an April 15th deadline to click plan to enroll or something like that. For our application process, I think you had to whittle it down to one school. And if you were on the wait list for any other school, you could only hold one acceptance at a time. Mm. So if you were still on the wait list up until summer, uh, it would be the case that if you got off that wait list that you would either have to choose that acceptance uh, versus the acceptance that you've already you know yeah. committed to as of april 30th i believe that was the case for us yeah and i think during our application year they had us track that as well we were like the first class where they had us mm -hmm. use that tracking tool to say i've only enrolled yeah. to one school to informally well i should that. say that um you know jordan being from texas he's got a whole mm -hmm. yeah. different oh, yeah. application system to cope with and and um we don't we don't have i don't i, I don't know what those you know particular time what that particular timeline is um, but I would say it's kind of early to be worrying about this at this point. Probably. I think so. Unless you're attending, um, unless the school in Texas is one where it's a very heavily, um, university school where leases tend to get signed, you know, fall of last semester, my old institution would have it be the case that a lot of places would fill up in late fall. Um, I wouldn't anticipate that that would be the case, especially in Texas. Um, but I don't think it's really something to be stressing out about for yeah. the most part. Um, and this is a big decision. I and mean, there's, I don't think, you know, absent other information, you know, I don't think there's anything except maybe emotion at this point, uh, pushing you to make any decisions at this moment. Right. Um, uh, so I would say, you know, know your deadlines do your research figure out you know ex the exact points at which you want to or which you need to take action and then you know you know start making your pros and cons lists um things like that and then if you get accepted to the other school that you really want to go to um you know then you can then you can click that button you'll be ready to make that decision 
Yeah, I would second that. Don't let anything pressure you, like the housing and the leases. I mean, you're always going to have those flashy things. Oh, we got a good deal now if you sign up. But you can find ways to make it work, even at the last minute. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I've lived with like an old lady before, rented a room out of her house, you know? It wasn't a formal, and it was the best deal I ever got. And it was like a last minute thing that, you know, for a housing situation. I think the stress, probably the stress of say, like finding a house, for instance, Mm -hmm. finding, Mm -hmm. finding a place to live would be less than the stress of you know making the wrong decision mm-hmm. sure absolutely four meant. years of yeah, your life right. that really impacts you and uh i i know that this caller was talking about already submitting a letter of intent to their quote-unquote dream school i wouldn't underestimate the power of just calling the admissions office to yes. see the status of mm-hmm. your application mm-hmm. thank you because if i remember correctly from what you were just playing dave uh he interviewed a while, a while ago, ago yeah. and hasn't heard back. And that's, to me, a little odd. Is it? Uh, in my experience, I found that most schools that I've interviewed at have given you at least an abstract deadline of when you should hear back. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's a little odd to me. So mm-hmm. consider calling the admissions office to at least say, you know, what's the status of my application? I don't think that that would harm either way. In any way. Yeah. yeah, either way, it's totally a fair question to ask your your school. You know, when when can I expect to hear um, from you? I've got I've got choices to make. And yeah, especially if you explain the situation that I've been accepted at another university and I'm trying to weigh my options right now. Sometimes mm-hmm. that you don't it, you don't think they would be like, oh, well, you're <laughs> you're going somewhere else. Then we can give I, it to somebody. I mean, else. it depends how you say it. If you say it nicely, politely, mm-hmm. smoothly, then it can come across right to make them feel a little bit of pressure in a positive way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, also kind of stressing that it's still like your preferred option. I think yeah. would help in that regard as it, well. Yeah. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, honestly, if they're like. If they're like, well, we're not going to tell you, <laughs> then I think you've learned something about that school. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe that's yeah. maybe your dream school yeah, you put a little lower on your list. I don't know. Yeah, I know that we would be our program would be completely happy to speak with you about, you know, about questions, procedural questions like that. We would have no problem. Yeah. That was one thing I loved about Carver is they were so straightforward. And I had such a positive experience with them through the application process compared to other schools that that really just made everything gold tinted at the very beginning like yeah. okay they're more responsive and easier to work with yeah. and when we had our second look day um actually that's where i met michael actually was mm-hmm. at our second look day um and that's coming up april 3rd and 4th i believe this year yes and at that point a lot of us i don't know yeah. if anybody that wasn't a university of iowa undergrad had housing figured out or really had a solid plan for the fall um, no. And didn't really oh, know yeah, where they crazy. were going. Met a lot of really yeah. awesome people on that weekend, too, that decided to go to other schools. I mean, yeah. it really, that process is kind of happening later and later, too. I mean, here's, it's a strange thing about Iowa that I noticed when I first moved here, or the University of Iowa, which is that um, there's so much housing here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that maybe that's not as much of an option. I mean, I've been puzzled since I came here, like, at how fast they're putting up new apartment buildings and things like that. Right. I'm oh, like, yeah. where where are all these people coming mm-hmm. from that want to mm-hmm. live in these houses? But uh-huh. I guess we're a growing area, so yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It may be different, but even so, I don't know if it's time to pull the trigger based on, you know, things like things like that at this point. Take no. your time, sit back, relax, keep calm, and I don't know. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. the fact that you are going to be a doctor. Hey, hey. Yeah. yeah, that stress is over, which is huge. I love his classic med student, though, like, oh, this great weight has been lifted off my shoulder. 
mm-hmm. my shoulders. Now I'm going to worry about it. Yeah, time right. to find some more weight. So, <laughs> yeah. Come on. so typical. <laughs> so you're in good shape to be a med student, uh, Jordan. Thanks for the question. I really appreciate you uh, writing to the shortcuts at gmail.com and uh, giving us something to talk about for the show today. Um, and let us know, uh, you know, how it turns out for you. I'd love to hear from you again. Uh, guys, you uh, going to go visit the giant inflatable colon? <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Come on. The giant inflatable colon. You can view the giant inflatable colon for National Colorectal Cancer Month uh, on March 3rd at the hospital's Colleton Pavilion Atrium. I don't know. I just got this this message in my in my email. Hmm. Um, that said we could do this, and I'm like, uh, and this is here, yeah, yeah, here. Oh wow, yeah, here at our at our very own hospital. This seems like quite a draw. Like, I, right, is this right? to promote people getting their colonoscopies? I guess so. I yeah. You know, here's do the, they go in with the flashlight? Yeah, do, like, do they let you walk through with the flashlight? And like, you are the scope. I yeah. I hope <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I hope there's like impactions and. <laughs> And you back know, up, guys. We got to back up. There's some, an obstruction right some here. Polyps. Yeah. You know that'd be fantastic. Is food and drink allowed? I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, what I want to know is: is this? A, is did we did the? Uh, I guess did the Holden Cancer Center, who I think is putting this on, did they like commission this giant inflatable? Uh, yeah, where is this procured or, from? Or was it like something that they bought off the shelf? <laughs> in which case I question the sanity of this world that I live in. Yeah, you can find it at Walmart. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Everything ships from Amazon, right? <laughs> I hope it's truly giant, though. If there, if, if it's... Let me tell you something. If it is like only 11 feet tall, mm-hmm. then I'm out. Yeah. What's your definition of giant? I want to be able to, as Jessica said, I want to be able to walk inside the colon. Mm -hmm. I want to take a little journey. Yeah. I want to be, you know, a part of it. Take hold of your own colorectal health. Yeah. I want to see villi. I want to see pathology. I want to see pathology. That would be interesting. I want to see poop. (laughs) There you go. You can't have a colon without poop. That's right. I want it to be, I want it to be an immersive (laughs) <laughs> an immersive experience. <laughs> Is this indoor or outdoor? I don't, it's in it's in the Carlton Pavilion Atrium. Okay. Do we need mm. tickets? Is this just like, yeah. you just show up show and up? experience the colon? Hopefully they've like filled a hallway with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't give people a choice. You have to walk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah From the with... door. <laughs> I want there to be unpleasant levels of moisture. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I want. Yeah. If it's not humid as hell in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Not a true representation then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. UIHC marketing and communication. Call me. <laughs> I've got ideas. I've got ideas to make this good. Uh, one of the big problems in transplant surgery is rejection of the donor orbit organ. Uh, typically you combat the problem with immunosuppressive drugs. So the body doesn't recognize the donor organ as foreign. But what if you could introduce your immune system to a little friend who widened its world and broadens, broadened its horizons? That is what researchers at the University of Wisconsin and elsewhere are trying as part of a national clinical trial. Congratulations to your home state. There. Thank you. Um, the, the friend they're introducing is some stem cells from the organ donor who, you know, has to be a, uh, an exact match. Mm-hmm. Um, to create sort of a chimeric immune system, one that contains both people's 
uh, immune cells. The process starts with the recipient taking anti-rejection drugs and radiation to suppress their immune system and prep for receiving the donor's immune stem cells. And then the donor receives injections to boost production of immune stem cells. Those cells are collected. Then the kidney transplant is performed. Um, normal anti-rejection therapy and radiation gets underway. Once the radiation therapy is complete and after they reduce anti-reduction, anti-rejection medication, the stem cells from the donor are introduced to the recipient intravenously. This should, researchers hope, allow the donor and recipient immune systems to work together, I guess, and allow anti-rejection meds to be eliminated. This would be really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You guys just had an immunology exam. Any, uh, any thoughts about this? It seems. Am I giving you PTSD? What, no, no, I, I, no. It's, this yeah. is fascinating. I, I'm wondering because in this organ to be donated, you have two sets of antibodies: one from the donor and one from the recipient. Mm-hmm. I wonder how you downregulate the antibodies from the donor. You, you were talking about how you kind of boost the, the expression of of the recipient's antibodies and all of that, but you still have foreign cells that will be recognized as foreign. But yeah, I mean, uh, the thing that puzzles me about, you know, what little I know about immunology is, is that, you know, wouldn't this, like, why wouldn't the, the, the cells from the donor attack the recipient? I don't know how this works. Yeah. It kind of sounds like you'd have, an attack on both fronts in that sense if you with this therapy i don't understand maybe why. they're so busy attacking each other they're like and eh, that kidney over there is what <laughs> yeah nbd well i don't know kind of cool anyway yeah I'm, I'm trying to figure out so what's the different mechanism like compared to the the normal way we do bone marrow transplants now we have to suppress what is the key difference here that's where they're saying we don't need to any longer so yeah i mean the recipient's immune system. Yeah, like I, I guess the maybe the recipient's immune system is is learning from mm-hmm. yeah. the donor's cells, mm-hmm. and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't real clear to me in the article how this how this worked. Yeah, I want to hear the specifics. It never of how is, can get and I the yeah, because that's a huge issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds it's, promising though. Yeah, what's, it really does. What's you know I hear graft versus host. Mm-hmm. The, the the graph the the transplanted organ that's somehow attacking the host yeah and triggering an uh, immunoinflammatory response mm-hmm. um, is that different from rejection or is it just rejection it's just of, another yeah. name of rejection okay mm-hmm. well it'll be interesting to see i think transplant medicine is kind of cool and, and really interesting to look at if you're a parent like me your child wants a tattoo this is of vital importance for you, Jessica, oh, as the boy. parent of a newborn. I got a ways to go before yeah. this dilemma. Well, you know, I think it's important to think ahead. Sure. You don't want to, you don't We're med want, students, that's what we do. You got to get out ahead of these issues before they happen. Necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if they want to get a tattoo, you might counsel them to remember that body ink is a permanent choice. Right? This is yeah, true. Yeah, we had a lecture on this. You did. Part of a lecture. Yeah. Part of a lecture. It was, yes, a brief yeah. part, but it was very interesting. What do you mean a part of a lecture? You, was, had a, you had part of a lecture on tattoos? They were like, we had they were like, on oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. let's talk about tat. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it ended. Yeah. Um, yeah, but is it really permanent? I mean, after you die, they rot. Mm. With the rest of your body, yeah. I guess. So. Well, not anymore. Oh, no. Uh-oh. The National Association for the Preservation of Skin Art will help remove and preserve the tattoos of your loved one after they die. 
This may be good news for the 40% of Americans 18 to 34 years of age who have at least one tattoo. Uh, if you sign up with the uh, National Association for the Preservation of Skin Art, they be, you become part of a registry. They will contact your surviving family when you die with a preservation kit that will be sent to the family so that the mortician can remove and preserve the skin art. Why? Is that framed or laminated? I don't. <laughs> laminated. They run it through a laminator. Yeah. yeah. They turn it into a leather so you can, you know, use it as Sew an it onto your own a nice skin. couch. It's so yeah. great. Sew it onto your eye. Yeah. That. That's a good idea. Skin patches. Make it a part of your, uh, your BDSM outfit. I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Quilting. I just, again, the why. why? I think, I well, know. I think the, I think NAPSA considers it a, it's an art form. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I agree are, with that. Yeah, I guess, okay. Take a photo. Right, that's skin. what I was thinking, is why can't I just have a photo of it? Do well, I want my right, relative's dead skin? Not good enough, Brandon. Framed? Oh. I want some real skin from Grandpa. <laughs> we need texture, we need texture. <laughs> I don't know. Anybody have tattoos? Oh, I, I, I do not. Wow. not one of the, wow, that's weird. That's really weird that none of us do. It's so common today. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. My reason I didn't is just because I've always been like, there's nothing I would get now that I would still like in 30 years. No. Yeah. I don't like getting a vaccine, much less having a needle poked into me <laughs> what? multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. I really would love to, you know, leave my children a, uh, uh, you know, my t tattoo of some Chinese characters that didn't mean what I thought it meant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? It is a dream. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so don't lose Grandpa's Belieber tattoo. Preserve it for future generations to enjoy. That should be their pitch. I've always, so with that, how many, I've always wondered this, even like with Ashes, like how many generations would you pass that down before yeah. it's weird? Mm -hmm. That's something that's just always <laughs> crossed my mind. Yeah. Before it's weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's weird to start <laughs> with, but. I mean, it's like, like when your great, great grandfather, you're like, I didn't really know right. him. Yeah. I would I say just, zero generation. I think so. Yeah. Like, well, I, think I, about this. Think about this though. When you pass on, when you die, there's probably only one generation after that that really knows you. That's pretty and then, bleak, Dave. And well, it's true. Mm -hmm. But then, then after, I mean, this is what fifty-year-old people think about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then after that, like, it starts getting real fuzzy, like, mm -hmm. you know. But at least this way, you know, whenever you thought of Grandpa Dave, you would be able to think about his no regrets tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's one exception I can think of where I would want this. If it was like a World War One or Two vet, you know, who had their or combat patch kind of tattooed on something like that that might be something i could say is historically mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. but again it's more of the historical implication not just because it was my great 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 grandfather yeah yeah you know uh you know plus let's face it um you know your average uh world war ii veteran who got a tattoo is kind of a badass. Yeah. Whereas your average, you know, I don't know, millennial who yeah. got a tattoo of a Starbucks cup or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Maybe not so much. Exactly. Are you saying I'm not a badass? Look, I'm, right I'm not saying I'm not. <laughs> you don't I, have a tattoo, Cody. You're not <laughs> average. Starbucks cup. You're not average, Cody, as far as I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, tattoos have definitely changed in their significance and their signaling. Yeah. From yeah, the, we to might generation. just be behind the times. I mean, um, we are embracing the significance of these tattoos. Well, we—that's what I'm saying—is it's atypical that out of the four of us, no one has a tattoo. But right. People, the millennial generation—it's pretty mm -hmm. common. I kind of just assumed that one of you would have one. So when we talked about this, I fail. <laughs> yeah. yeah, should have asked. Spring break's coming up. Ooh, <laughs> what are you doing? Man? That was a good idea. Anybody have any trips planned for spring break? No. 
<laughs> oh really? God, not I do. I you do? Be, I will be escaping to Las Vegas for a couple days Re- and oh, try for, and oh. forget about school for as nice. much as possible. Las Vegas? Yes. Are you going with a group? Or are you just uh, going by yourself? No, just me and my girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. So just is she in medical school? She is. Really? Yes. Shout out. Should we, wow. should we mention, it's, she in medical school here? Yes. Should we mention her name? Yes. Give her a shout out. Shout out to Lulua Rawas. Oh. Um, much smarter than I am, so... Lulua, right? I gotta look her up on my database. I'm, I'm anticipating a Vegas wedding between you two. <laughs> uh, and no, no, a tattoo. Do not anticipate can, that. No, but no, yes, the tattoo. Will there is a really occasion. great fake wedding photo place in Vegas. Oh, I did no. it with my husband when we were dating. Okay. And so you go there and they'll give you like the mock tux and the mock dress. Mm-hmm. And you take a photo and we looked like we were just crazy messed up. Like I had just great you know, things to send to your parents. Yeah. yeah. And then we, we sent it out yeah. like, oh, so this happened. Nobody believed us. Oh, see, this no, would be they great. Just know for April 1st they were like, so no, for some April Fool's that. shenanigans that would be perfect yeah, yeah. good timing for it I'm gonna fun. I have to be here when she listens to this I'm so excited <laughs> did you uh did you you know did you meet before you were in med school or when you were in med school? no we met uh during med school nice mm-hmm. nice see med school's not all sadness no right? I mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> there are bright spots this is very there confusing. are absolutely <laughs> bright spots uh Mine's a little more wholesome. I'm having a baby shower over my spring break in Florida with the family. Oh, that's adorable. That's it's like a great the choice. polar opposite spectrum of Vegas. We'll both yeah. have fun in our own way, I guess. I didn't <laughs> realize that it was St. Patrick's Day over spring break. Now, oh, I should right. have, um, but I didn't. So well, there's lots to it's going to be over. interesting to watch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Bring green. Lots of green. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Um, yeah, the thing I remember, I went to Vegas once my my brother was stationed there at, uh, at the Air Force Base there. And, mm-hmm. and uh, the thing I remember about it was like how incredibly effed up the place is. I mean, oh yeah, mm-hmm. there is no part of Las Vegas as I reckon. This is many years ago, so it may have changed. There's no part of Las Vegas that made any sense to me whatsoever. Absolutely not. It's a very strange place. I mean, any place that like any place, any desert location that routinely sprays water up into the air as part of a decorative <laughs> giant. It is so wasteful. F- I mean, like what in the world? How do you, you know, like the person who was like, you know what we need here? <laughs> we need to spray water up in the air so it evaporates quicker. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and I mountains. feel good about yes. that. We should do it a couple times a day too. Not yeah. just once. Vegas is many so times. clean. I was, it is oh, pretty I was clean always impressed at right. how clean it was. I think you're talking about know. the strip. Yeah, right? yeah, I, yeah I guess you're the right. The main hotel. Yeah, and, and also clean, but not in the sense that as you're walking down the street, you won't be handed brochures no. for like strip oh, yeah, clubs. Yeah. 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 There are yeah. escort cards littered all over the ground. Yeah. Yes, but they typically get removed the next morning pretty, mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Well, yeah. And then you have the smell of oh, brunch that's eggs. That's true. And isn't yeah. the strip like its own jurisdiction? Like it's its own like... It's its own place. Yeah. It's amazing. To our listeners in Vegas, write a, write to us. Tell yeah, us, yeah. Tell, tell us, us about what tell your life about is like. It. Tell yeah. us how we're Please. wrong, right? About Vegas. <laughs> or we're right. Who knows? <laughs> there is there is many, and and you should I, you should take advantage of these many opportunities to go you know do nature stuff outside of Vegas. Oh yeah, Red Rock Canyon. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's not far at all. So so see if I can make it out there. Yeah, bring water though. I almost died. I'll get Ooh. it from the Bellagio fountain. Yeah. <laughs> <That'll be good. laughs> well, it's just a, yeah, it's just floating around in the air now. Yeah. <laughs> in a case study that the authors say should alert clinicians to pay close attention to history and lab results for incongruities, a woman is found to be the first observed case of bladder fermentation syndrome. 
The uh, patient presented with liver damage and poorly controlled diabetes. She was placed on a liver transplant wait list, but her urinalysis uh, kept coming back positive for ethanol. Doctors thought she was hiding an alcohol addiction until they noticed something. Her urine tests weren't positive for metabolites of ethanol, only ethanol itself. Uh, and the patient never showed signs of intoxication. Also present, lots of glucose and budding yeast. I think it's, you know, life of the party. It sounds like auto brewery syndrome. It is, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> I love auto brewery syndrome. Um, yeah, I guess there's been, there was one other, they found one other case that was noticed posthumously, you know, during autopsy. Oh, that poor person. But, um, you know, it wasn't really like described. You mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, does it say if this person is of Asian descent? Oh, didn't, I don't know. Oh, because with I know Auto Brewery, there was more. I think initially the study was done in Japan because of a certain, um, they're genetically genetically more likely to have uh, an enzyme deficiency for the processing of that alcohol as well. So that if you have this high yeast brewery load and then you can't process it as well, then that was more likely to happen. So I'm just curious if she was. Yeah. I don't know how, how do you, I don't know how lab testing works at all, but it's puzzling to me that they didn't notice that the metabolites of alcohol were absence versus actual ethanol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. Thing. I don't know. If you run a urine test, if you look for ethanol or just ethanol, ethanol mm-hmm. metabolites. Yeah, I haven't really seen tests that look specifically for ethanol metabolites. I don't think that's on your typical UDS out of a you know emergency room. But yeah, yeah. Well, she'd be been in many times. She'd been trying to you know. I guess uh, get some help getting her diabetes under control, and you know she was not having much luck with that, yeah. and mm-hmm. all this mm-hmm. stuff. So, so were they rejecting her because they were like, "Well, stop drinking, or we?" W- I, I think we they were. Yeah, I mean, I think they put her on the wait list because they weren't, and they kept bumping her down. Yeah, and then, I mean, ultimately, I don't think she could get the the transplant anyway because she was they they weren't able to get her diabetes under control, mm-hmm. um, and it's. Um, you know, so they had to, uh, it doesn't say what happened to her in the end, but I bet she didn't get the, the transplant ultimately, which is sad. That's real rough work. But, uh, it's another reminder not to judge our patients prematurely. Yeah. Cause always there's people when I was working in healthcare before, oh, that person's crazy. Oh, they're addicts. They're all these terminologies we use that we should not mm-hmm. be using. And then you just immediately write off the person. You stop listening to what they're saying. And, uh, and then cases like this come up in the literature and, and you look back and you wonder how many people have been missed because we just judge them rather than listen yeah. to them. Well, humans, I think are built to take shortcuts. Yep. I think, I think it's mm-hmm. just built into the way our brains work. Um, and so it takes a lot of effort, I think, to not do that. You know, it takes even more, you know, like you've got to really think about what you're seeing if you don't want to, if you don't want to miss things. Yeah. But you know, I guess back in the back in the days when we were roaming the plains, you know, we didn't want to be thinking too hard about that lion that was coming towards us. We just wanted to run the hell away, mm-hmm. right? And this is a zebra, not a horse. Yeah, you know, as yeah. we taught. We ta- I, I like talking about zebras. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like zebras? Are fun. That's yeah. what makes the news, right? Mm. Um, but you know, I feel like that's why people are so amped up about coronavirus. It's like, you're still way more likely to get the flu mm-hmm. and have complications of the flu. Yeah, and but I could stress out about it. That's what we love to and do. so fun. We yeah. love to stress out about things that we don't need to. I have been wondering if I should, uh, you know, not, not panic about coronavirus. I'm not really all that concerned about it, 
But at the same time, you know, maybe I should take some some steps. Maybe I that should. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. Maybe I should. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I looked was looking at the CDC's new recommendation yeah. of the like the, mm-hmm. the steps you should take mm-hmm. to prepare, and yeah. you gotta. Yeah, I noticed that all the medications in my uh, in my first aid kit are completely expired. Oh, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, mm-hmm. One of them was from two thousand four. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wow. real expired. Yeah. I guess we haven't had too many medical emergencies. That's in good. No, good. But regular hygiene can go a long way. And, and mm-hmm. the recommendations from the CDC, you know, wash your hands, cover your cough. And if you're noticing you're having a persistent cough, consider wearing a face mask. I mean, these are things that we should be doing all the time and not in the wake of coronavirus. But, I mean, if there's anything positive to come out of this scare, it might be increased uh, education on hygiene. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm just wondering about like, should I do the other stuff? Like, uh, you know, go get some, go get some uh, canned goods and, and. I think uh, that's great in general. I mean, who, why do we have to wait for a viral outbreak? We should so they're prepared. like, they're like, get the canned goods and then don't eat them. But we, that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get the best, like the thing that you crave. You get that second rate stuff and then it'll but stay. But then it's going to, okay. But then there's, they're also like, okay, now get some, get some medications, right? Get uh-huh. some, like, well, those are going to expire. That's true. You did. There is a revolving yeah, yeah. door there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we live in Iowa. Another polar vortex could come. So you should be ready. <laughs> <laughs> I have never once. I, you know, like, look, listeners, I want to say, if you're thinking about coming to Iowa, just want to say it's not that bad. No, it's, it's really, never it's been really that not bad. that bad. I know, I know, climate change is a thing, and I know that might be affecting you know how I feel about it. But you know, you don't need to panic about bread and milk and, and all this crap. To get. Yes, the hy is a little more busy mm-hmm. the day before the storm, but that's because we're buying beer and alcohol. <laughs> I mean, how else are you supposed to pass through like a big storm or the polar vortex? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. I love it when we give tours and the California student comes up and they're like. Can I talk to you for a minute? I'm like, yeah. sure. like, how cold is it actually? Yeah. Like, I was like, you will have to wear long sleeves. Where, where, okay. I, where, yeah. where do I go for this coat thing? And like, how yeah. big does it need to be? Like, we, sell, I... we sell pants. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of this brand. It's called Canadian Goose or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are boots? Are they different from Birkenstocks? They are. They are. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. How's driving? Should I get a, a, a four-wheel drive car? Yeah, I was, yeah. I was told I needed a special battery. Mm-hmm. Still haven't needed that. Special, <laughs> special battery. Get a special the only, battery. The only Chains thing on your boots. Yeah, the only thing I've had to change from being in the Midwest is just antifreeze. That's about it. Yeah, you get the right kind of antifreeze. That's about it. That's all. You'll be fine. You definitely have to learn how to dress, though, if you're coming from warmer. Mm-hmm. Like, my husband, who's an Iowa native, had mm-hmm. to tell me, like, what are you wearing? No, let's get you some better, warmer clothes. And then when I put them on, I was like, oh, my goodness. Well, what did you arrive with? I don't know. Yeah. I just didn't have, like, I would wear a jacket and still be freezing. But it's because my jacket was not well insulated. It was mm-hmm. more about a cu- looking cute, right? Yeah, she it still got her sundress on and it's yeah. like February. Yeah, so I just had to learn, like, the, what actually keeps you warm. That's the best part of lecture in the morning, though. In the winter, everyone gets there and everyone's, you can tell everyone's cold. And then about two minutes later, everyone's really sweaty. Yeah. And you're like, what just happened? Yeah. I like the, yeah, the, 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 the difference between maybe what you experienced in, on the, on the West Coast in California mm-hmm. um, and, and what we experienced in winter is that, you know, everybody's, it doesn't, you know, nobody gives a crap in the middle of winter here in Iowa what they look like. You know, they're basically kind of, you know that they've got a really super long unfashionable you know winter coat on yeah oh yeah um 
you know, they look fat as hell. Mm-hmm. But you, you feel like you get <laughs> you know? permission because everybody looks that right. way. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I have permission. It's okay. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Doesn't matter. So, you know, you might want to think about, you know, whether or not you care about looking good <laughs> before you come to Iowa. But if you're that shallow, we don't want you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like to find out everything I can about you medical students. It makes me feel like I understand you better, what your likes and dislikes are, how you think. I think it makes me better at my job uh, in student affairs. And in an effort to gain that understanding, let's play Would You Rather. Hmm. All right, so there's some pads and pencils there. Each of you are going to write your answers down on those cards. And if you answer in the minority for a given round, you may... Choose one of the following items to eat. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no. A pinch of pepper, a gulp of mustard, or a dollop of mayonnaise. Ooh. I'm wondering why those oh. were there. I do love eating October mayonnaise. 2019. Because I need to punish you for being in the minority <laughs> of any opinion. That's what we do with minorities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you write the date on this this morning? No. Did you find these with your 2004 medication? You know, uh, <laughs> they were in a cabinet in uh, the OSAC, the Office of Student Affairs Kitchen, so who okay. knows? I love it. Mm. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm totally ready. Um, would you rather get a bad grade on an exam or forget your mom's birthday? Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Is it an important birthday? (laughs) (laughs) Forget your mom's 40th birthday. Uh, It's a pretty important birthday. How bad a grade. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's so say you <laughs> fail. Mm. Let's say you get less fail. than a 70%. Okay. We'll Ooh. set that arbitrary mark. Okay. M- my answer was obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I know your answer. There, there's, yeah, there's no reveal on this one. I study with you. I know your answer. You don't know my answer. Have we all written down an answer? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Reveal your answers. I'm being honest. Let's see. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. We've got... Uh, 50-50? 50-50 split. Who who uh who wants to confess? Bad grade on an exam, there, Michael. Oh uh, yeah, I'll take the grade. Anyway. Cody wants a bad grade on an exam. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, this I, was a hard one because Brandon I would I, like to forget mom's I, birthday. I, I know Mama Bacalzo listens to this podcast. <laughs> and, uh, I I know she will will uh. be understanding, but uh, I I frequently have to ask the other parent for birthday dates because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I can't keep dates straight. So I've only recently gotten good at remembering things as well. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, mom. I, I know you would be understanding. Um, and I can't wait to see you when I come. Home. <laughs> uh, Brand- hi mom. This is Cody. I know you wouldn't be understanding. You're welcome. Uh, if I forgot my mom's birthday, I'm a dead man. So I'll live through the bad grade maybe, but the other oh, ones yeah. are for sure consequence. What's your, so. what's your mom's name? Roxanne. Mine? Yeah, your mom. Lori with an I. Lori. Oh, mine's Terry with an I. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Lori, and what's your mom's? Oh, my mom's name is Roya, and I will confess, Roy- she does not even know what a podcast is, so okay. I felt safe because I knew that if I forgot my mom's birthday, she's the most understanding person in the world, and I could call her the next day, mm. and it would all be fine. Jessica's mom, Brandon's mom, if you have a rebuttal, <laughs> if you have anything you want to say about oh. this question, oh, no. about this answer, please, don't, I don't. beg of you. <laughs> <laughs> Call 347-SHORT-CT or send yes. an email to theshortcoats at gmail.com and let us know. Brandon You're going to get a 15-minute voicemail. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> get a highlight reel going. 
<laughs> All right, here's another question. Would you rather have a photographic memory with a poor ability to read people mm. or an excellent ability to read people with a truly terrible memory like mine? Poor ability to read with an excellent memory or excellent ability to read people with a crappy memory. All right. Let's see some people writing books. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Reveal your answers. Michael says, read people. He'd rather be able to read people but have a crappy memory. Absolutely. Uh, Jessica agrees. Um, read people with a crappy memory is Brandon's answer and ability to read people. Wow, very good. Yeah. So far, I can't make you eat anything. No. that's <laughs> Maybe mean, the answer should... Maybe, okay, new rule. Uh-oh. If nobody gets... If if there if nobody is the loser, then oh, everybody no. eats. No. Mm. Oh, how fun! <laughs> I, I feel like that mayo. reading people in crappy memory is essential to medicine. I mean, we've got electronic health records, which just you type everything in. Exactly. Yeah, we have but all those computer resources. People. You can't teach someone how to read people. No, mm -mm. that that's it's the only thing that separates us anymore. Well, one of the things that separates from us from robots. Anymore. Yeah, from robots. Yeah, I am afraid of the robots. So. <laughs> What do you, do you, is there a specialty you think you might go in at this point? I have. Because some of them no are more idea. amenable Ooh. to radiology. Radiology, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Psychiatry right here. So, oh. you know, you have to yeah, reading people is, yeah. is a must have. Yeah. You know, sure. uh, you look angry. No, I'm actually very anxious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Kate, the director of the Writing Humanities program, sent me an article, which I have yet to be able to like fully read, but it's by Don Black, who is the uh, psychiatrist, who is an assistant, uh, who is a professor in psychiatry here. And he was basically saying that, you know, we teach medical students the wrong things. You know, we hmm. teach them, we teach them, you know, all these facts and figures and, you know, pathways and doodads. And we don't teach them what they really need to know among them being, as you might imagine, from a psychiatrist, the, the ability to communicate and read and all that kind of stuff, read people and all that kind of stuff. No, I was going to say, I think that this program has done a good job with trying to do that more and more with the whole SP oh, interviews. Yeah. Last semester, I it wasn't so crazy about it because it was just like, yeah, ask the right questions. But this semester, they do seem to be more emphatic on how are you communicating appropriately yeah, yeah. with the right tone of voice and facial expressions and those mm -hmm. things that you can't really take for granted. Um, so I don't know if, if a lot of other medical schools are doing that. I haven't heard. Oh, of yeah, it. yeah. There, okay. I, I bet the majority of them have these programs because, well, because of the emphasis on mm -hmm. um, step two clinical skills or the, mm -hmm. the need still book That's a though. whole can of worms now. Well, clinical skills, the, clinical skills versus clinical knowledge. Worms. Oh, yeah, we already talked about yeah, that shit. Yeah, I know. It's been yeah. on a lot. Glad, okay, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not, not go in there. No. <laughs> All right, next one. Um, would you rather only be able to make or buy tasteless cookies or only be able to make or buy useless deodorant? Ooh. Mm. Which are you choosing, cookies or deodorant? Anybody here already using useless deodorant? I feel like that's sometimes, yeah, probably. sometimes <laughs> it's it's an Nothing endless struggle of of finding a deodorant that smells good and gets the job done, and then two months later, for whatever reason, doesn't work. You have a rash. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or we'll all have cancer in ten years from. Mm, mm -hmm. All right. Uh, show your answers. Michael says he would rather make or buy tasteless cookies. Uh, Jessica says make or buy useless deodorant is what she would rather do. We've got cookies for 
for, um, uh, oh, no. uh, uh, we've got cookies for Cody, and then we've got cookies for Brandon. So it looks like Jessica uh, has to consume the snack of her choice. Ooh. Snack. This is not a snack. This is a condiment. Do we, okay, Anything guys. Anything is a snack with Raise your hands if you think that Jessica needs to be able to consume, or the, the loser needs to be able to consume the entire packet, not no. just a little oh, taste. That's a lot. No. Mm. Okay. I won't put that be, on you. Today, oh, you, you tomorrow, nice. me. Okay, Jess. thank you. Today, thank you, you tomorrow. So just a little dab. That's all I need. Uh, I would take. I would take half of it. I was going to say like three or four packets. I'd I say that she's she's chosen. <laughs> she's chosen the yellow mustard. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are you awake now? Maybe I should do this before exams. Yeah, yeah I guess. Hmm. that works pretty well. Okay. Tips you can use. All right. Here's the next question. Uh, would you rather give your professor? Uh, give a professor of my choosing a kiss on the mouth Ooh. or fail a clerkship and have to take it over. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. You've got a choice. Oh, man. You might have to tell us what the choice is after I'm not decided. going to tell you. You uh -huh. have to make that choice because, uh -huh. A, I don't want to offend anybody. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> and two, you know, let's face it, some might be more kissable than others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I honestly, man. On the mouth, too. Remember. Mm -hmm. No tongue. No tongue. Because, you know. Oh, one we second. All, one second. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rules. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. I'll just. Oh, gosh. I can't. Oh, you can't? I might just eat the mustard. I can't think either no. way. They both seem horrible. <laughs> Look, I mean, if you uh, fail. I mean, let's talk right, it out here. Sure. All right. Talk it out. If you fail a clerkship. I, you know, I know it's bad. I know it's a setback. Um, I know you have to go before promotions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, in the end... Sounds good. It'll be fine. You convinced me. If you kiss a professor, you're giving love. You're giving joy, maybe. Hmm. You're, um... Getting expelled. There's a lot of... <laughs> yeah. That's the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> well, let's assume that the professor is... Like, let, let's, let's just assume that this is okay. For some <laughs> reason, it's for some okay. reason, this is fine. Yeah, you're doing it with consent here. I'm not like right. suggesting you like run it's up a to weird them. But somehow it's not skit. romantic. It's fine. Yeah. This Super is a platonic. weird one, Dave. Is there right. any implication for my grade? <laughs> oh, it's mm. a good question. Mm. Um, this is a quid pro quo. No, let's say no, no quid pro quo. Nope. Let's say no. You have to do it. But but you mm -hmm. know, whichever professor I choose, their their you know. Uh, allure for, for kissing it uh -huh. remains you know Neutral. the same as they might be now sure. you don't know who i'm gonna sure. pick so. i'm right. not into it but they're not against it okay <laughs> right. uh -huh. okay all right uh you guys have written down some answers yes uh michael has chosen to kiss that professor jessica would like to fail a clerkship uh, Brandon, Brandon wants to smooch <laughs> the professor, and Cody would like to smooch the professor as well. I'm, I'm the minority again. Wow. Yeah. Are you okay. going to choose the same one? I think you should choose another one. Yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, don't do the mayo. If you're so inclined. Don't do the mayo packet. Yeah, <laughs> no. the mayo one, no. I think I would, I would gag. <laughs> Mayo's good. <laughs> I, would like I would choose the mayo. Not to mention mayo. mayo dated 2019. Right. It is real I mayo. I've never done it's this like, even in kindergarten. Oh, she's tipping it all back. If you need pepper. some water. All right. Mm. The pepper. <laughs> you know, I got some water. It's fine. got it. <laughs> all right. <sighs> I hope my baby doesn't get this in the breast milk today. Just, oh, Ooh. that's a good point. Sorry. I was just trying to make you feel guilty. Don't Mustard worry. Mustard and pepper. <laughs> making you sad. Next time I'm bringing sriracha. All right. <laughs> would you rather 
go back and do pre-med over again. Or jump forward to after residency with only the knowledge you have now. Oh, this is an easy one for you guys. Oh, yeah. Easy. Easy. All right. Uh, let's start with, uh, let's, yeah, reveal your answers. Pre-med again, says Michael. Mm. Uh, what's that say? Residency. Residency. Pre-med again and, and residency. residency. Oh, 50, oh, it's 50. a push. 50-50. Everybody. No. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Why would you, uh, what, what are your reasons for this? Why would you choose pre-med over again? Those of you who... Well, didn't you say for residency that I would know only what I know now? Yeah, yeah. I'm just not ready for that. Yeah, I don't know enough now to, like, care for patients. You can so just that fake be, it till you make it. Ooh, that would end badly just for everyone delegate, involved. delegate away from you. I don't know if you mm, have that yeah. choice. When oh, you're, oh, well, right. actually, when you're when you're an intern, yeah, you're, you're an closely attending. supervised. You're mm -hmm. an attending. You just tell But they'll kick you out. Right. <laughs> they'll kick you out. And then you get to do pre-med again. You yeah. just pull a DiCaprio from Catch Me If You Can and just be like, do you concur? Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you concur? Okay. <laughs> But see, I, w I wouldn't have any student loans to pay off if I just jumped ahead to residency. True. Cash a quick, you know, paycheck and, you know, learn stuff. And then maybe I'll go back into, uh, into medicine after I get fired once. Okay. Assuming they'll have me works. back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Assuming they'll have me back. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to say I have all the knowledge now that I want. I just definitely would. You have a lot. I have, you no. cheated. I have more. I d well, the system is why I am here. Okay. I... She that's cheated. a whole other topic about why PAs have to go through med school all over again. Yeah, that's so, kind of f isn't it? Oh, totally. So, yeah. but that's never going to get through the AMA, at least yeah. with this generation. I think maybe. How do you feel about that now? Like, are you like, I am mm, so bored, you babies. <laughs> no, I definitely am learning things. I'm not trying to say I don't have things to learn. I just think the way that they have structured it is so antiquated. Like, why is it not flexible? Why couldn't I have tried to acquire some of this knowledge over I don't know, another period of years, but without having to completely stop my life and my income and sit, you know, in a chair for four years, I wish that there was just a more flexible model for people like myself, NPs and PAs to be able to. Yeah. You're saying things that make sense and we cannot have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We must have one system for all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but that's never plus you're in the to. class. You're in, <laughs> plus you're, you're to, to make it somehow worse. You are learning alongside new physician assistant students as well. Because we share the a curriculum irony, between the, the one school. I picked the one school in the nation that has their med students and their PA students together. So I tell the PA students here, that I'm like, hey, your education here is definitely going to be different from your colleagues when you get out. Because I think in P as a PA, you a lot of times know the what. But in med school, you go to such a deeper level of the why, yeah. which I appreciate. Um, but yeah, it is definitely like all the clinical stuff is fun for me. I never study for yeah. it. I just show up. Yeah. But the stuff like today, the tests, I'm in it with everybody else. Just like learning it hardcore. Okay. So. Well, all right. Would you rather cure all human disease or give all pets the same lifespan as humans? Ooh. Mm. And I'm talking about your pets. I don't know just, if you have just pets, my but, singular cat, but you know, like all pets, not like stray dogs or cats, because uh -huh. you know that might be you that would be a cool problem. That would too. be a problem. Yeah. But your pets, pe actual pets, uh -huh. domesticated animals. Yeah, we're truly, truly domesticated mm. animals. Because you know, here's the thing, and the reason I bring this up is because 
uh, we've been contemplating pethood in the, or, you know, getting a pet in our house. And I didn't, you know, I've said this on the show and, and I know listeners, uh, those of you who are loyal, uh, listeners who listen every week, um, uh, get yourself something else to do once in a while, but also, uh, <laughs> oh no, are you discouraging <laughs> listeners by listening to our you know, podcast? You could be listening while they're running. True. Yeah. True. Mm. Uh, but also you've heard me talk about this for a f- hell of a long time on the show. Like I keep mentioning, I've been mentioning this since probably last summer. Okay. And I see no movement from the people in my family responsible for making a decision. Like I don't, I'm not sure that I care about owning a pet, mm-hmm. but I know that my family members seem to once in a while suggest that they do, but I've seen no action and I'm starting to get annoyed. Anyway, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is I don't know, like, I, I don't know much about pet ownership, but I do know that uh when they die it's horrible you know mm-hmm. wouldn't it be better if they just you know had a human lifespan yeah. they're still gonna oh, die that's a very good point, i know Dave. but you know that's one thing that hits me really hard now like i'll get on instagram and i'll see all these accounts people make for their dogs yeah and like, oh, it's gonna be a sad like in 15 years i'm gonna get really sad and be like yeah do you have a, so you have a I don't have an don't Instagram have for my pet, but... But no. you have a dog. I'm getting a dog, actually, next Saturday. Ooh, oh, wow. What yeah. kind? A mini Bernadoodle. That, that means, is, like, no allergies then, yeah, right? Yeah. That is absolutely... That dog Bernadoodle. needs to Bern- live here. Yes, bring it. All times. Can you can just a buy a service vest. Do- it's like a... No one will so know. It's a <laughs> yeah. miniature poodle and a Burmese mountain dog put together. Wow. You need to imagine the... the the sex that needed to happen. <laughs> I don't really want to. Don't go there. Don't go there. Uh, no, no, no. The big one's the mom, always, is what I've learned. Oh, hmm. Really? Well, okay. Kind of yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It makes nah. sense. Now <laughs> think about it. Um, all right. All right. That sounds like a... I, I would love to see a picture at some point. After. Um, anyway... What do we, what do we, uh, what do we choose? I don't know, Dave. This sounds like a softball to me. Yeah. Cure all disease, yeah. cure all yeah. disease, cure I human mean, disease, cure. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I mean, that, that rule, we, we've got a. Oh, man. We're all in consensus. So that means we've <laughs> we got a. Yay. Yeah, oh, I would man. say. I'm just going to finish the mustard. Choose your, choose your Hand weapon. Hand me that mayo. <laughs> yeah, I might need yeah. some of that water, Cody. Yeah, that's fine. Do you want the straw or not? Uh, nah. For <laughs> the mayo? We're, we're never going to sign it. up for a podcast again. <laughs> All right, are we going to do this together? Yeah. Count of yeah. three? Let's throw Wait, it back. Hold on. I got to outsmart the mail packet. Okay. One, two, three. Mm. <laughs> mm. It's warm. It's warm. Mm. Did you guys do the whole thing or just like a half? half. I'm okay, sure it's half. all gone. It's hard to do a half thing. Oh. oh, he's going back from uh-huh. me. I didn't get it all. Are you all right there, yeah, Michael? Oh, man, my bag is just out of reach. We're fine. Well, go get it. Um, all right, here is the last, here's the last question. Would you rather own an adult-sized bouncy house Mm. or a giant inflatable colon? Ooh, I was just about to. (laughs) What's everybody answering? I don't want to do that again. Oh, no. Adult-sized bouncy house or a giant inflatable colon? What's the bouncy property of the colon? You know, is it? it? Oh, yeah. No, it's just an inflatable colon. Okay. You can't bounce. I on. can't bounce inside the colon. You might be able to. We don't have a lot of details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to attend the giant inflatable colon session. And yeah, yeah. See what we can do. Yeah, let's go. All right, that. what do we got? Show your answers. Bouncy Michael house. wants a bouncy house. Oh, yes. 
Oh, oh no! Uh, there's a bouncy house over there for there, Jess. There oh, uh, Cody has bouncy house, but who? There Brandon is a minority. A Brandon. Oh. Brandon needs a colon. I'm gonna bounce houses can be yes. dangerous, though. I know. My wife and I are not huge fans of bouncy houses because they can fly away. But that. Oh, makes I didn't them even fun. think about that. What do you mean bouncy houses are dangerous? Uh, oh, because you can like. Bounce my into nose other is entirely fake because of a bouncy house. Oh, is it? Bouncy house. Yep. Entirely fake. Pretty much, yeah. What do you mean? I decimated all the cartilage in my nose by doing a flip in a bounce house when oh, I was no. like, did you hit, a teenager. Did you hit somebody else? Did you? No, I I flipped so hard. I did like a flip and a half, over rotated, and my knee went straight <gasps> into my nose. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they can be dangerous. I mean, just don't do flips, basically. It's very well done. Yeah, they did a good job. They did a good job. I had to have two surgeries, though. Yeah. Honestly, oh my gosh. The first one was like, let's just get her a breathing apparatus and the next one was let's try to make it look like normal again <laughs> did you write about this in your personal statement no i should have i didn't even <laughs> think about that didn't even think about that oh wow so, yeah no i i i don't like them because they're they're usually not staked down they're often not yeah, staked down that and makes they, sense and they can be a problem yeah It's our final visit with Elizabeth Fassus, med student and author of Making Pre-Med Count, Everything I Wish I'd Known Before Applying Successfully to Med School. Elizabeth, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me again. We've talked about the personal statement uh, in the last uh, last time we got together, uh, a writing exercise that some find a bit uncomfortable. Another exercise that may lead to uncertainty for pre-meds is figuring out the activities to do that will help their application and how, when the time comes, they should write about them. Um, so in your book, you talk about a, a checklist of activities. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Yeah. So I feel like out there in, you know, pre-med chatter, there is this idea that, okay, I have to do research. I have to do volunteer work. I have to have straight A's. I have to do a lot of shadowing, right? There's like so many things that you can fill your time with. Um, and I kind of make the point in the book that, yeah, it's important to kind of hit all of these different things. Um, but you really don't have to be so rigid about it. Okay. So how, how important is, is that? So again, it's going to really depend on the school that you're applying to or the schools that you're applying to. Like some of them will really, really want to see shadowing. Others will have a minimum number of volunteer hours. Uh, but I would say across the board, as long as you create an application that says and that shows, I want to be a doctor, here's my proof, then I think kind of the distribution or whether or not you've hit all of these categories really doesn't matter so much. Well, that's encouraging. So how, how should students weigh their activities when they have to make choices about what to commit to? Yeah. So we talked a little bit about this when we talked about like, oh, what should you do if you're a freshman, right? But really you want to like broaden your horizons and make sure that you're trying out a bunch of different stuff. First of all, for you, right? The activities list is, is designed to show medical schools that you've done your research, you've done the work, and you know that you want to do this, right? So that's an opportunity for you to prove to yourself that you want to do this, because if you don't, it's going to be really rough. Yeah, so, so important. Yeah. Yeah. So that's number one. So yeah, for that, shadowing is super helpful, right? Getting a sense of what your day-to-day -day as a doctor will look like. Um, volunteering, getting in your foot in the door with the patient populations that you might be serving as a physician. 
doing research, seeing if there's a particular, you know, field of study in this giant realm of medicine that you find particularly interesting and that you want to spend more time with. Um, all of that is really valuable for you, but if you don't enjoy it, it's not going to be fun and it's not going to be valuable to write about. I know that I spent like my first two years of college actually doing research in a lab that I, you know, was not even knowledgeable enough to be in at the time because I was just a freshman and a sophomore and I didn't love it. And by the time the time came to be writing about it, I didn't have anything to say. And that was so much time wasted. So, so where are the places that you get to write about your activities? How do you, how do you end up telling that story? Yeah. So you're going to have a whole activities list in your application. Um, whether you do AMCAS or ACOMIS or the Texas schools, they're all going to have some version of this, um, where you're going to have, um, I believe it's 15 for AMCAS. I'm not sure off the top of my head, the numbers for the rest of them, but Basically, you'll have 15 kind of most valuable experiences, and then you'll get to select from those the three like really most valuable experiences that you'll get some extra space to write about. Um, but yeah, so there's there's plenty of time to <laughs> kind of speak about all the stuff that you've done. Plenty of space. I mean, how should students be writing about the activities then? What should they be focusing on? So again, right, this entire application is meant to show, I want to be a doctor. I know that I want to be a doctor. This is what Elizabeth as doctor will look like, right? So the activities list should really follow that pattern as well. Um, I shadowed so-and-so doctor. I really, really liked it. Here's why. Here's what I learned. And this is why, this is what I drew from that experience that made me confident when I submit this application, that this is what I want to be doing. Okay, so n- not quite enough to say I did this ap- this activity, really enjoyed it, but you've also got to relate it to your your future and how it will, how it will make you a better physician um, f- for your patients, basically. Absolutely, and I think the most common mistake that I see with students is they just kind of let me know, right? I volunteered at the soup kitchen for 50 hours when I was a sophomore, period. And that's like fine, right? Thanks for telling me, but I don't really, it's a waste of space. It's a waste of an opportunity to really bring it back. Um, and I I talk about in the book that like your entire application to medical school, all that they will ever know about you in determining whether or not they want to invite you for an interview is just these 10 pages of stuff, right? So really make use of every single bit of space there to really show and to really exemplify not only that you want to do this, but why you would be good at it. And be efficient about it too, right? I mean, you can't, you don't have room to drone on uh, for a long time about uh, about every activity, right? Definitely not. Um, they're probably going to be, again, depending on how long-winded you are, maybe three or four sentences per activity, unless it's the you know most most valuable, and you'll get a couple more. Um, but it's really not a lot of space. Um, but you should you should make use of what you do have. Well, listen, uh, Elizabeth, it, it's been an, a real pleasure having you joining me for these little discussions on the kinds of things pre-med should be uh, thinking about during their undergrad years. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. I've really enjoyed having the opportunity to chat about this stuff. Elizabeth Fassus is a medical student at the University of Maryland. She did her undergraduate studies at Johns Hopkins. It got her Master of Science in International Health Policy at London School of Economics. Her book, Making Pre-Med Count, Everything I Wish I'd Known Before Applying Successfully to Med School, is published by Kaplan and is available at booksellers now. Uh, Thank you so much, Elizabeth. 
Well, that is our show. Brandon, Michael, Jessica, Cody, thank you for being my co-host today. Thank you very much, Dave. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And of course, thank you, Short Coats, for making us part of your week. If you're new here and you like what you heard today, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and wherever else fine podcasts are available. I remind you that your questions are vital to the show because they mean it can be what you want it to be about. Be like Jordan from Texas. Send questions and comments to the shortcoats at gmail.com or you can leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. While your podcast app is open, give us more stars and a review to let us know if we're doing the right thing. Thank you. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox and our closing music is by Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week. Mmm, the lingering taste. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. <laughs>